0: emory heroes not seem like the type of bitch who owns a guinea
1: pig start your sublight engines it's time for RuPalps pod race a queer star wars podcast welcome back to our Andor discussion this week we're talking about the the finale of the the season rick's road um sadly noah uh still couldn't be with us he did escape isb luckily but he's on the run um Hopefully we'll get back in touch with him by next week for our wrap up. Uh which yeah, we're only gonna be discussing this episode. Next week we'll do our little um wrap up of the whole season. But anyway, um I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me at on social media at Kawaii And my gender this week <laughs> I fear my gender is mean, but my gender is don't kiss your stalker.
0: Yeah i mean that's a pretty yeah good gender. that's
1: that's all i have to say on that is is don't kiss your stalker
0: yeah the the i will say about that scene because I, I really don't have many more thoughts about it than this is there's that like that silence from her after she says i guess i should say thank you i suppose i should say thank you whatever the fuck she says and just like he has a reaction and she's just like Yeah. Anyways, and then it cuts away. The silence is deafening volumes. there. No, literally. You could see her entire life and like every choice she's ever made flash before her eyes being like, what the fuck? Like acting was incredible because it was so uncomfortable. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Why did I say it like I was a newscaster? That's interesting. Um. Anyways, my gender this week is... um. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat offender of prison labor usage. Orson Krennic. No. no. First what? the oceans, now and Andor, who is fucking next? Galen Urso? Dude! Oh, I no, was gonna no, be like, wait, it wasn't God- Galen it. also? Technically. It. Orson Krennic, you're not seeing heaven.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> well, we knew well, that I would be surprised if he, he was. I'd be like, there's some mistake here. Like I'm me, sorry, you-, you shouldn't be here.
0: Just like when I watched the finale of Supernatural and for some reason John Winchester was it.
1: <laughs> anyway, no. listen to
0: the Mysteries podcast. I'm not saying anything because I don't want to get removed from this podcast. I cannot or cannot confirm. Also, I, will, sh- I will not confirm or deny if I agree with Claudia or not. Also, shout out to Mackenzie um, on Twitter because um, she was like, <laughs> she was like a distinct lack of Gralics on the Death Star in that last scene. Um, As we know from Thrawn (laughs) Alliances, the Death Star is getting its ass beat by rats. Also, it's something I really need to make, like, hit home, really make clear to um, our listeners who maybe are not as deep in the shits as we are vis-a-vis, like, the books and comics and whatnot. It is abundantly clear It kind of mentioned in A New Hope that everyone fucking hates the idea of the Death Star. Like, until it actually works, it's just like, guys, we're funneling so much money into this fucking stupid-ass golf ball in the middle of nowhere. What is this going to do? And then suddenly it's got, like, a sleigh beam and everyone's like, oh, okay, maybe she made a point. And I just think it's so funny. That's one of the funniest parts of Rogue One because like Tarkin through the whole way he's like I think it's a dumb idea and then as soon as Krennic proves that it's not a dumb idea he's like actually this is my project now and like I, if I was Krennic yeah I would be kind of mad but like because at first he was like mm, that's stupid he was kind of like Darth Vader being like that's dumb I'm okay. not and then he takes it over my name is Ollie. I use any pronouns you can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh that's fresh with a ph and my gender this week is well it's the story of a guy named Brazo, and he was fine on his own, but he met this rest of this crew, and now they're the Brazo bunch, and you that's won. that's his little team that's leaving. I'm really excited that Disney greenlit an Andor spinoff, the Brazo bunch. Yeah, yeah. the Brazo bunch about Brazo Listen, with his little guys. Tony Gilroy did say he was like, I think we should shake the table a little bit about genre. Like, why hasn't there been like a Star Wars like three camera comedy? He's gonna do the Brazo bunch. I see. List the three and a half, two and a half men. Why did I give there an extra man there? <laughs> two and a half men, <laughs> A vacation. Two and a half minors. Get it? Because one of them is a minor and the other is a child. Oh, <laughs> but I'm. We can't. I am not i don't do not know if he's a minor. To be fair, TBF. But I am obsessed with that little guy. Shout out. As soon as, as soon as he was creating that pipe bomb in the first like few minutes of the episode, I was like, okay, okay, check off pipe bomb. Let's go. He was giving Gavroche. He was really, like, I'm doing it to him. Yeah, except for Gavroche cannot say the same visa be getting out alive. Yeah, well, they all survive here, which was crazy. I was like, Tony, holy shit. I I mean, I don't think they're going to survive season two, but. I do. Actually, if you look in the background of A New Hope, the new version. because you know how in the early 2000s, they updated the original trilogy to, like, CG stuff? That's when they made new Java and whatever. Um, I think that they are gonna do a new new uh original trilogy. And in this time, Browse is gonna be in the background of all the scenes uh, at the rebellion. Yeah. If this had been if this show had come out in 2016 instead of now, I do believe that everyone would be like, Oh my god, I think Bix is is Ray's mom. Bold so, of you to assume they would say that about a non-white woman. Well, see, here's the thing. People were Saying that, I guess they were saying it about more about Jin than they were about Cassian, but bitches were saying that about about bitches from Rogue One. So who knows? It was crazy. That was a crazy time when those trailers. I were remember. I remember early on in this podcast. I, I can't remember what I was googling, but I came across perhaps one of the funniest fucking family trees I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Um, I like, remember this. Oh my god, where it was like the family tree was. Uh, uh, Galen and Lyra Urso. they had two daughters, Jin, okay. and I forgot the other one's name. I think the other one married Krennic, and I'm trying to remember who's married Krennic. A yeah, gay man? yeah. Also, a man
1: who's probably like twenty to thirty years older than her. Um, oh, why was I gonna say wow? So me? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I canceled Jess, myself over that. Jess raised Jess, raised do you have dad,
0: that you want just. Do jesk are you ray's dad
1: yeah actually i'm <laughs> wait i'm dathan right that's his name yeah <gasps> you <laughs> that's guy. my real name actually is dathan,
0: oh, dathan. Shit. dathan. wait Kawhi dathan yo <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: also great news ray skywalker swagapino guys
1: so true just like eli this is, this is how i can turn everyone just into like, swagapino
0: just like Elzar man hi guys so true i'm here <laughs> to make a proposition
1: Is are a man's wagapino i've decided that he is hi everyone
0: my name is claudia my pronouns are she her and you can find me on social media at kaludia says um since i got to watch these episodes early i've been waiting to give this gender for like two weeks my gender this week is marva was the first brick stone thrown at stonewall <laughs> no i've been waiting to make this joke (laughs) no okay see brazo beat the fuck out of people with marva's brick so fucking true so sexy for that
1: that's what i want people to do when i pass away turn me into a brick and then like use me as a weapon so that i can keep (laughs) hating on the the bitches and like death too
0: (laughs) andy we should call him andy i've been calling him andy
1: does Andy Serkis, he... <laughs> not Andor the show. <laughs> just let's like... all talk about Andy Serkis some
0: more. I just need to say this off the bat. First of all, Brasso being like, "Let me memorize this little monologue as Marva is dying." Wait, a monologue? No, get it? Okay, sorry. So I need to. I need to discuss the fact that it is a tradition on on Ferrix to record a message before you die like you're fucking dying you're like hold on i gotta give a monologue vlog to be fair i would do that i'd be like hold on i gotta make a tiktok is that not what this podcast is what (laughs) jess is like i've sent some to all of your houses they're outside (laughs) waiting to put you down no do you guys know that youtube channel ask a mortician because i would love to see her videos in the star wars universe because i know that shit would be buck wild being like, so what are the death monologues like on Farrix? You're like dying of fucking consumption. You're like, hold on. Gotta put on my special outfit. Film it. So also, what happens if somebody dies and they can't give their monologue? Because this seems like a thing they do for every person. Well, see, I here's the thing. Actually, Ollie and I had a conversation about this because I was like, damn, do they pull up like this for everybody? Like, is this like, Oh, no jim died again jim died again <laughs> interesting that jim jim is the most interesting star wars character he has lived and dies perpetually I, why was i like he like kenny from south park anyways um he is oh my god wait my, you know what that's what they say A lot slurs of, about ging- gingers well no that's cartman claudia that's cartman first of all fuck you fuck you for not understanding colorado culture like i do okay
1: <laughs> is, that why you,
0: is that why you fell in love with them? No, I learned I learned it for Mel. I learned South Park culture because it's their favorite show because they're from Colorado. That feels like a sweeping generalization. Is that <laughs> not your favorite show? I've got terrible news. It's not. Fuck! I'm an idiot. God damn it! I watched all of South Park so I could relate oh, to shit. you. Now you've never even seen <laughs> Well, that's not true. Um my father would put it put me in front of the TV while whilst it was on when I was an infant child. Um, oh, so my mom would come home from work and I would be in front of the television with eggs, rice and ice cream watching South Park Fatherhood. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. Ollie and I were talking about this while we were watching the episode. Like if everyone gets this much like celebration of life when when a person dies, like everybody in the community she had to have been, like, because she was a community leader, everyone pulled up like this, and, like, she had a prepared death message. Like, I think everyone becomes a brick, but, like, I think it was only her that had, like, the girls pulling up. Yeah, like, Brasso's not beating the fuck out of some Imperials at, like, John from Accounting's funeral. At Tim's funeral? Because they had a funeral for Tim. Oh, shit. But he was a traitor, so. Tim Brick. Uh, class Traders don't Wait, get okay. bricks. also followed by followed by my academic question my academic question where do you do you get to choose where your brick gets put is that how it works for everybody it's a mausoleum it's probably just like where it is time for it to go because like what if the girlies are fighting about it
1: also I think just uh, unrelated to that but uh, uh, kind of related so I think the reason why um Tim didn't get a big ceremony is isn't just because he was a class trader. but it's also because they said like you know marva was like a past president of the the daughters of ferricks which is like you know their their sleigh little girl boss organization i
0: don't know what this might be like a tony gilroy writing quirk or just something he does for this show or whatever what is with it with this man and the people working on this show and monologues because every time they whip out a monologue they're like we're about to like slay the competition we're about to do a monologue so good it's about to blow your fucking mind i mean like oh nemec's already dead he's about to still give an emmy winning performance you're like jesus i want his whole i just you know what let's discuss nemec's manifesto because there were so many there were so many lines in there but how the whole thing where he talks about how imperialism is not natural and that's why they have to try so hard i was like king you are slaying so hard! Jesus! No, because I will say, Nemec has the political compass that people think Luke Skywalker has. Anybody ever claim Luke Skywalker had a political compass? He is just like, he's like, yeah, I can do some skeet shooting, yeah, let's go. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine a world where Nemec was the chosen one instead of Luke? It would be- a, it would be like a picture, like that picture of like the utopian society. To be fair, that is kind of <laughs> that is kind of Leia. Also, followed by that kind of Ezra Bridger. Okay, so I w- true. I gonna, wow, I really like, could be anyone other than Luke and it. Would have been so much better. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up because I was like, who would, who would love Ezra Bridger more than Brasso? Because like he is a scrappy. They also have the like same fucking r- outfit, orange. They do, but also like. When the kid in the beginning, like, the kid in the beginning, like, throws a little bomb or whatever, and I was like, that's Ezra Bridge of Core. That is Ezra Bridge of Core. Like, they're slaying, I fear. I think what's so cool about this show in, in its, like, connection to other pieces of Star Wars media is that, like, this is all happening at the same time that the first season of Rebels is happening, right? So, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, like, you know, it's just how Nemec says in his um, little monologue where it's like, this is happening elsewhere too. And we have to all keep doing it. We all have to play our part because one day the bow will break. And I just, I think that's so cool. Um, And it really made everything feel so much more connected. Yeah, I like, and it's funny because Tony Gilroy is always like, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the, in the rest of Star Wars. I don't really give a shit. And then like every time he like, he, he, he says like, or does exactly exactly what is going on in the rest of Star Wars. You're like, King, you have accidentally made it more Star Wars consistently every single time, sir. And or when he's like, well, it's about the regular people on their whatever. And I'm like, that is Han Solo. You 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 have we we have come back to the start, my king. <laughs> um, you were you're so oh I also I saw I saw someone had a Tumblr post. That, like, knocked me over. Like, you know when you read a Tumblr post-analysis and you, you like, have to take a second? Or it was like, oh, this isn't the story of how Cassian, like, figures out what he wants to fight for. It's how he figures out what he wants to die for. And I was like, Jesus. Hold on. I need a minute. Hold on. The fuck? Like, and then I saw some people analyzing about how, like, it's not just, like, how like the the opening of the opening of every episode is clearly the shape of the death star and then we see the death star at the end and how like we see the funeral and then we we've heard that funeral music the whole way it it's like how death has always followed Cassian through the narrative it's not just that we that we know it's coming that it's like the death is like preordained and it's like ingrained into the storytelling the, the whole way you're like oh jesus fuck like like oh like the thing that spurs him to join is a funeral procession like all of it is you're like jesus this is so how much of this was on purpose i think all of it was because tony you're crazy for this but like anyways we we need to talk about mom, mom, mom. oh Mon. <laughs> okay no because when it happened i was like oh my god why are they arguing i was like oh because i was like she knows he's not gonna turn the speaker off and then she started speaking i was like you crazy son of a bitch you're framing her husband as soon as she started talking, she was like, oh, can you, can you do the thing? I was like, oh, no, no, she is not. And she was like, oh, you're gambling. And I was like, oh, the I, she's done the girl boss. Now she does the gaslight next. she Next will season,
1: we'll get the gatekeep. She's oh. going to actually stop Leda from getting child married. Cause she's like, I'm going to gatekeep my daughter from you. Actually, I've decided.
0: See, I would argue that she does and I feel like someone on Twitter cuz we tweeted about this earlier, someone did, that she's gatekeeping saw from <laughs> joining the rebellion in a real meaningful way. <laughs> TB, TBF, also TBF, I don't know if Saw wants to be really involved because the girlies are not not popping their pussies like he is, but like I I feel like she, I feel like it's truly just a matter of time before she enters her her truest form. Yeah, I mean, there's something that's going to push her over the edge. I also like, as we see in like the first shot with Cat, Ka- or like the one of the first shots with in the rebellion in Rogue One, it's Mon Mothma standing right next to Cassian. Like clearly them, them joining up and him becoming her fulcrum spy is going to be a big deal. So it's like the culmination of this is going to be them meeting and girl bossing together. I just don't know what that's going to be. That's going to be so funny. The idea of next season, like the first episode. First of all, wouldn't it be fucked up if they decanonize Rogue One and Luthien kills Cassian?
1: He's like, no, you're done. He Um, did. He did. Didn't didn't you know that actually the Cassian we see in Rogue One is Cassian with two A's in the beginning. C-A-A-S-S-I-A-N. Cassian. Cassian. Yeah, Cassian. That's the one we see in Rogue One. Oh, because this Cassian actually got killed by Luthan.
0: Oh, <laughs> off screen. Shit. Off screen too, yeah. Um, I-, I like the idea
1: of <laughs> season two. <like laughs> the-, the idea of it's like the first episode, they're like da 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 And
0: <laughs> they're on Coruscant in Luthan's fucked up little antique shop, pawn shop. <laughs> Jedi pawn shop. Um, and Cassian, why don't we just call him Andor? Cassian is like, I don't know, dusting or something comically, like some little guy. And Mon walks in, like, you sick son of a bitch to Luthen. And he's like, and Cassian's like, OMG, you're so slay. Can I work for you? The idea of Cassian working with Luthen for a little while and then being like, damn, you're kind of crazy. I don't, I feel like I'm kind of messing with the vibe. Like, I feel like there's only lesbians on your team. <laughs> like no offense i'm not one i stand with the cause like i love lesbians or whatever but like i don't know if i can like be here i think i need to go to like a different rebel cell if that's okay <laughs> guys do you think that geode was on ferrix pretending to be a brick what? no <laughs> no why no because how do we know that here's the th- thing that we must also keep in mind geode is not a rock he is simply rock yeah, so like yeah he's more like a brick yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, like, he wouldn't be able to take that sort of shape. Like, he's still a human. Like, I don't think, I think that, if anything, he's he still disguised a disguised as a boulder. I mean, he's a human to me. I'm he's sorry, like... sometimes I forget he's not a human. He's so lifelike. This <laughs> this is how we're getting Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Star Wars. He no. would be playing Geode. That's a horrible fan cast. I would be <laughs> fucking pissed. On a totally separate note. I think we need to take a second today to talk about the lesbians. Cuz number 1, yes. Did they did not kiss on the mouth and that was a little disappointing, but I didn't expect that to happen. The step away from the window? Is that our new is that our new like gay code word? Like what's going on there?
1: Come away from the window? Yes.
0: See, that confused me greatly. I I thought she, like, had a gun to her back or something. Like, I thought that, like, the Imperials had gotten her ass and she was, like, come away from the window. I did not realize, I did not read that as a like a come-hither type situation. I think it was. I just think it was a little fruity. I don't think it was, like, a I don't even know.
1: I definitely think that, yeah, you know, Vel wanted to have a nice little loving reunion with Cinta, but, you know, Cinta is more focused right now on, like, this is more important to me get a, getting rid of all these Imperials it's kind of sad um, but yeah that moment definitely I read it also as like Belle wanting to have a nice little moment but Sinta being like we are here to do our job and to focus because we're looking for Cassian Andor so that we can get to him first before the Imperials do um, on that
0: like same note, I think that also kind of says a lot about their positionality in the world, right? Because, like, Vel has the ability, the mobility to step out of her, her place in the Rebellion and become Velsartha, a man about town, a girl boss about town, on Coruscant, living it up, whatever. But Cinta... She will always, like they say it in the show, like she will always be for the rebellion first. Like that is her, her life. And that's what her lot is, is like, she's like, no, I'm, I'm dying for this cause. Like you bitches. I can't, I don't have yeah. the ability
1: to step away. Cause didn't they say they like killed her family. So that's why she's so serious about this. Yeah. Understandable. It was interesting
0: to me in her most slay moment when she just fucking killed that guy. Um, she doesn't kill him with like a blaster. She's like, "How I started shooting." She whips out a knife. She stabs his ass. <laughs> I was like, "It. It was. It was so. But it was so like visceral." Um, again, Chekhov's lesbian knife because it clearly was a choice. Like it clearly was specific because like yeah, she could have had a little gun or whatever, but she didn't, and like. It's because, like, you know, she, she's got a job to do and she's, like, the ruthless one or whatever. And, again, she cannot step away from this. I don't know. felt very whatever. Also, not to be, like, real or anything. I said this on Twitter before, but I was, like, like, I don't know. Seeing a gay person kill a fascist on screen in Star Wars is a bit cathartic this week of all weeks.
1: I was kind of feeling it. I think also, like, I mean, you know, we talked last week about how Sinta's the one who's been, like, kind of also seeing this dumbass guy be a spy too in her local Starbucks, you know, being the pretend barista. Maybe she's just really sick and tired of like seeing this man too. So she's just like, yeah, I'm going to kill you now. You were annoying. You were like the least um, spy-like spy. Like everyone knew you were a spy. Also, um, I did like, she, her actress- was so good in that scene because you know playing it off at first when he's just like why are you following me and like having it seem like cinta at first was like concerned and like kind of like backing up but it was just to lure him into her little trap so that she could stab him i was just like damn girl you're so you're you're so uh slay literally yeah, literally
0: slay also her outfit and her hair i was like drop your skin routine, drop your, like, I don't know, you're looking so, you're so, I'm gay. Anyway. So, Cinta was working as this, like, almost like a barista, right? What do you think someone would have to order at Starbucks for you to immediately, as a barista, immediately be like, that guy's a fascist? Like, do you think she knew before he, she even saw him doing anything? Like, she was immediately like, what did he order to make him seem like that? It would have to be, like, Someone came in and ordered this the other day, and I I have to laugh. I have to say, what the fuck is wrong with you? A venti iced pumpkin spice latte with eight shots. Oh. Red flag. Why do you need that much caffeine? Why? What's wrong with you? It's giving thin blue line. (laughs) (laughs) Blue line. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I'm watching your moves. Be careful. Anyway. (laughs) Oh my no, god, Sinta! So <laughs> no, probably, like, an Americano, but, like, something weird about the Americano. Americano with, like, heavy cream. No, hot, a cappuccino with heavy whipping cream. That's impossible. You can't make that. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of in our Velen Sinta era, because you're like, I'm very, I'm having, I'm having an issue, and I'm working as a barista, and I'm like, hee <laughs> Do you want to hang out? <laughs> and you're like, I have stuff I have to do. I'm like, okay, anyway.
1: <laughs> he, and the fact that I one have, of you is is on. white and then the other
0: one. <laughs> is I'm Cassie and I'm home. unemployed. <laughs> well, I think he may have secured the bag now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> become employed. Jess, who, what character would you feel like is your, your and kin? Indorkin. Oh, Brasso. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh I don't know if I'm slay enough to be Brasso. Brasso You are the most slay one here, and you always are ready to fucking
0: deck a bitch. You are Brasso. I have some things to say about Cyril Karn. Um, and I don't think that this is like a particularly controversial opinion. Um, but this is something that I have been thinking about a lot. Um uh it's really hard to watch a situation that unfolds like This dude is literally a freak like to this woman and then to put them in this situation and then to say oh that's like building up to something because you know what maybe it is but i can't look at any of the interactions they have now at least until cyril goes through some very major character development and says like what i do basically everything that i have ever done is wrong I cannot be, like, enjoying that, you know? I think it's, like, a very challenging subject to broach because, again, a lot of people have been in places like he was in, he and Deidre were in in that first episode that they had their little interaction in outside of the ISB headquarters when he was basically like, I followed you here um, and I'm in love with you. Like, that situation is so real for so many people. So it's it's really hard to see, like, a relationship, quote-unquote relationship, like, built off of that foundation. I'm just, I'm very, very nervous about where that is going to go in the narrative, like where that is going to carry over for next season. My main thought is that I'm just like, let's just be tactful in how we think about it and how we talk about it, because there are people who have been in a weird situation like that in the past, who, unlike Deidre, who, not to say that she deserves being stalked and harassed, because obviously, no one deserves that. However, it was funny as shit when she was getting kicked around. <laughs> um, but like there are plenty of people who aren't fascists who've been through that kind of thing. So just let's be mindful with how we talk about it. And let's be mindful with how we talk about their interactions and how we talk about Cyril Karn as character in general. I, I think that's something that really gets me is. We just need to make sure we're talking about it in an informed way that's not going to harm or upset the people around us who ha- who may have been in a very similar position. That you know he put Deidre in in that one episode again. Not to sympathize with Deidre. I loved seeing her get hurt. That was so slay. N- not that I love violence against women either. Not <laughs> Here's my not the my not my plan. Does she deserve to get beat with a brick for being a fascist? Yes. Does she deserve to get sexually harassed? No so true happy we found a common ground i do think it was funny that tony gilroy did give an interview where um someone was like oh well people are interpreting it like oh they're kind of like romantic and he was like oh they were like was there a scene where they kissed like was there a shot where they kissed he was like oh god no what (laughs) oh no no she was just kind of disgusted because she hadn't been touched in so long and i thought that was funny
1: i do relate to that sentiment of like i also don't (laughs) like to be touched so deidre i get it i get it especially in that situation that was weird but i also i feel bad also because yeah i was like laughing when she was getting her shit rocked. <laughs> feel i was bad. like oh, oh. okay because the She'll difference.
0: rocked the difference is when cyril does it cyril is an is a little is a little piss baby right and he also loves fascism i know it's like oh well tony Roy said he's not a fascist But he's perpetuating a fascist regime so call a spade a spade like i'm not saying that he this is i think another thing too just because someone has a current ideology does not mean that their brain is fully formed in that way or that they have been fully molded so it's like like for example if someone was to to put it into american politics terms which might be good to contextualize if someone was like i'm a registered republican and i always vote republican but I'm only that way because my parents are that way. They'd still be a Republican even if they just like haven't had experiences. And later to the line, they might switch parties. They're still a Republican. It, but it's and it's this. It's very similar. Not to compare Republicanism with fascism. I think you but, should. You know. But you know, maybe. But if you say like, I per- this character perpetuates fascist regime regimes, takes part in a fascist regime, and actively is on the ground, is a street level bureaucrat for a fascist regime he's a fascist and maybe his ideology is not fully formed and maybe he will end up going and doing different things or being inspired to be someone else that'd be great i'd be interested to see a character like that but we have to be mindful that words mean things mel made a really good video about it on tiktok so you should go check that out if you're just listening you don't watch our tiktoks or whatever but go check that out I think it's important it's an important distinction to make especially right now with the way that it has left it i know that's going to be the discourse that's coming but i think it's important to talk about i think tony gilroy said that he didn't start as a fascist but now he is and i know that mel either last episode or in your video talked about how you i also agree uh no, he started as a fascist and he just got more fashy because, like, being a corpo cop, you are a fascist. Um, And specifically the ideals that he has, he just got more extreme and decided to act more on them. However, yeah, I think what Tony said was, like, oh, like, he didn't start out that way, but he's getting there because like, he's basically an incel. I mean, I don't think we should feel bad for, like, comparing it to real politics. I mean, there's... Tony was quite clear. He was He was very clear. I mean, he said in interviews and stuff, like... Oh, I try to compare it to a lot of different revolutions and stuff that have happened in world history and a lot of different cultures and stuff like that. But he also wasn't like, you know, shying away from it either. I will say I am of the camp of, I don't, we've said this before on the show, I am of the camp of, I would like Cyril Karn to be like a Javert type character, which Tony Gilroy has said he thinks of him as a Javert type character who does not get redeemed, who is a story and an exploration of what it means to be driven to madness by this like idea of justice that isn't real and is built on fucked upness. that's not a real political term i don't know what the fuck i'm saying because it's an interesting thing and i know that for star wars fans or just for people who like star wars in general that's that's a difficult thing to accept because a redemption story is much more common um the, a, the, a big point in star wars is like you know that no one is beyond saving but i think characters like cyril because there are other ones like him characters like cyril who cons- who are beyond like what does it mean when you're in a universe where people are given a lot of grace and yet you still choose to be a to be an ass like you know what does it mean when you continuously choose wrong when you are given other opportunities one could argue he's not given opportunities or whatever but like i think that would be interesting to be like in A world where redemption is possible, what happens when some bitch doesn't because he sucks? Um, what does that look like? That kind of thing. And I like, and people are like, Oh, I'd like him to be like a callous or whatever. And to me, I'm like, I think that that cheapens stories like callous or something because their story is supposed to be one that is brave and hard and rare. Um, kind of being de- of like, someone has to go against the grain, and Cyril is the grain. I think that's the and that's the thing, like, we're, sp- we're supposed to be showing that there are lots of people like him, and they help make the Empire
1: happen. No, I get you about that, where, like, yeah, not everyone needs to go down the same kind of, like, character arc of, like, oh, I started off bad, now I'm gonna get redeemed. Because, yeah, it does kind of feel like it, like, cheapens other characters like stories or like makes them not as special anymore because it's just like well now it's just like the same thing over and over again which like that's not bad either because sometimes they can be done very well but i don't know you know see
0: this is kind of an interesting difference that the 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 root helpers have i it's not that i want to see Cyril completely redeemed absolved of all of his actions I think I want to see him held accountable for them in a real meaningful and obtainable way and I think that this show is maybe one of the only Star Wars properties that I would trust to have some tact about it in a way that does not feel hollow um, or just like as a MacGuffin that's really like that's kind of my beef with like in Rise of Skywalker when Hux just switches like I think that there's narratively a lot of justification there where it's just like he is so wrapped up in his wanting to um, fuck over Kylo Ren that he's like okay fine I'm I'm a turn I'm a turncoat but like for Cyril I think that there could be something there however and i i said this in the video i made about it i think he gets in his way his own way because he has this this sense of what is right and wrong but he has no he does not have the the means to to dismantle it and it, and the the or i guess even more in a larger sense or like a more from a f- more feminist lens i think it's a lot like audre lord's um the master's tool will will never dismantle the master's house. Where it's like he has this cop notion of justice and what is right and wrong, and he's never going to be able to escape that if he he keeps using these same cop cop tactics through his life. Has Tony Gilroy read Audrey Lord? That's a great question. You might have listened to a podcast about her. <laughs> Sorry, this is in <laughs> that. An article there was some interview he did where he was talking about the, thing, the research he did and like like you were saying like he has like booked and took inspiration from different political revolutions around the world um <laughs> he was like yeah let's do a lot of history podcasts I was like so true king why was I like you should listen to Rupel's Padres what history of what the beach from old jokes bad batch. <laughs> history of annoying gay people who are <laughs> really funny has he read bell hooks? Fuck no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no he has. I need him to read. Um, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Give me one second. I think it's called The Will to Change. <laughs> yeah, The Will to Change. Holy shit. That is what Cyril Karn needs to read. I'm going to make a tweet about that. Cyril Karn <laughs> anyway. or Tony Gilroy? <laughs> no, Cyril Karn needs to re- read The Will to Change. Everyone should go read The Will to Change. But... Do you guys think if Cyril Carn listened to podcasts, he would be better? No, because he'd no. be listening to the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. no, <laughs> no. I, I don't think he would. I think he'd be like, he's too crass. He likes Andrew Tate better. I see. Again, I don't agree. I think he'd say, "Oh, well, he's so he thinks he's so much better than everyone else." But I could see him listening to someone like Ben Shapiro. Okay, Charlie Kirk, perhaps. Yes, exactly. That there is what I'm go. talking about. He's turning pointly, point Abby. Abby. Turning, turning point. Cyril Carn. He is obsessed with PragerU. Are you kidding? He's reposting PragerU memes all the time.
1: A step away from um cereal car- cornflakes. I wanted to talk a little about Mon Motham again, or rather, I thought we had kind of stepped away from the Oriol Orientalism oral- uh, in Star Wars, but hmm, I don't know. Chandrillan culture, I George Lucas, why did you do that? Why did also why did they allow those outfits to come back? They could have not. There's something about the, yeah. the outfits they're all wearing in that little scene where it showed Mon and Perrin and Leda going to meet the, the other guy who, and his son. Whereas it's like, mm, 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 no, nor. It's kind of like no. when we see Mandalore in
0: like the Clone Wars and stuff, and for some reason they're all white. And you're like, but they didn't need to be. And also there's a lot of weird cultural influences for Mandalore as well. So
1: what's going on here? Oh, are you yeah. talking about like in the Clone Wars when they go, Frick, what is the the capital of like Sindari? Mandal- yeah, Sindari, and then they're like there, and you see all the the Mandalorians who are not wearing like their armor and stuff like that, and how they're all white and blonde kind of. And it's just like, mm. it's a bit even though we know not all Mandalorians are like that. It, and I think
0: it's like, weird in comparing them, I almost feel like it does a disservice to what Jess is talking about because I think like in that, that was just like that was just redlining sorry oh okay no i mean i was i mean i was gonna say that it's more like a creator just completely not considering what the ramifications are and saying like i want it to look like a nordic country and then being like so we'll make them all white and it's not saying like a bigger it's not even trying to have a bigger conversation about like who is like living in the capital etc it's literally just a something like a dumbass with no cultural train, no no cultural sensitivity considered I but i like... feel like with this it's very it's very like in terms of like orientalism it is definitely interesting how they are trying to set up chandrilla because it's like oh they all wear these like these robes that are like their traditional wear is clearly inspired by like like a lot of East Asian garb, and they also have this like this strict religious sect, this strict traditional sense. It's just like, now, what is? Just, yeah, I'd love and... to know a bit more about why why the influences for Chandrillan culture are the way they are. Especially because, like, have we ever really like visited shandrilla We know no. we know Ben Solo was born there. Well, yeah, yeah, just in the in the books. Really. Yeah, but have have they ever ever like actually gone to shandrilla o- on screen? Like, no, not on screen, but, like, even in a book. Like, um, and in Aftermath, yes, because Leia and okay. Han, like, they have, like, a, they have an apartment there. They live on Chandrila because it's the, it's the capital of the New Republic until mm. they move into Hosnian Prime. But that's, that's, a, that's it, as far as I know. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty multiracial society, at least in the city area. I, I mean we we talked about this before a little bit about like some of the race blind instead of race conscious casting choices um, and things that were done and whatever of like, especially since everything in the show is made as a purposeful choice. I know you guys did this as a purposeful choice, but that also means that you did not realize how that comes across. Like, hmm. that's something I want to talk about as like kind of my main critique. And this feels more of like a wrap up thing so maybe i won't go into super heavy detail about it. um i'll talk about it in in relation to this episode specifically. um i think that maybe the weakest part of the writing of this show is the fact that like and it's not even the writing's fault as much as it is like casting and also like um i guess it is it is something to do with the writing um of like the way that blackness is dealt with in this show is not great. Um, and I, I think that, like, to me, it is very obvious that this show is being written by white people. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I This episode specifically, as soon as we saw, oh, my God, I forgot his name. Clem? Not Clem. Um, the little guy, oh, the, um, oh. Nurchie? Yes, nerchi His neighbor? His, neighbor? his neighbor? Yeah, as soon as, like, that stuff began, I, at the, sec- the second we saw him in this episode, uh, after the first one, I was like, oh, shit, they're gonna make him a snitch. And, like, that, I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting that we've done this. I feel like a lot of the, the Black characters in this show get to be... Are are there only as a way to um further the plot, but not in like a like a meaningful way where they truly get an arc, but like these are the things we know about them. Nothing changes, they just get to die. That's it. Like Gorn is also used as like world building mm-hmm. when they're like, Oh yeah, like some people are, you know, this is why they join, and then they kind of they go Yep. Or whatever. I was I was gonna say about about like the his neighbor, I don't remember what his name is. Um, that was very off-putting for me because I am a I'm a Lando stand first and a person second. And for the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years that Star Wars has been around, racist bitches have been like, Lando's a traitor Ah!" for like all time. And then like you don't have that many black characters left living. And they took that one to be the class traitor. I was like, come on, man. Really? This is like a mistake that they made in the 80s. You can do better with this. I know we were talking earlier about how Tony Crowley did a lot of research and stuff, and I think that is a bit of the problem of like he's done a great job. However, maybe he shouldn't have had to do research. I mean, yes, you should always do research for writing, especially if you're being political, no matter what what you come from. However, he what if we had what if we had people make things who who didn't have to do research because it's from lived experience? Um, that might be helpful in some way um i have to say he ha- probably hasn't you know experienced political struggle but this is just something i was thinking of it was just thing i was thinking about i think it just goes to show you need to have a diverse writing room and you also need to have a diverse production crew in every facet and not just yeah. in writing but also in your costume and your character design in your casting um and your cast itself um, in your, like, produce, in your producing, in your production, like, all of it is important. It's been a little troubling for me, especially a lot of us saw Wakanda Forever this week, and people have been talking a lot about Latino representation, and versus Indigenous representation. Shout out to he he's saying things that the girlies don't want to hear, anyway. So true! Oh, he is angering the girlies, on the, uh, he's, I love him so much, but... The fact that, and I said this when the show was, like, announced, but I was, like, the fact that the only Latino representation on this show is Diego himself, and then he's the only Latino voice that we know of, other than if there's people maybe at the executive level in at Lucasfilm itself. He's the only, like, Latino voice behind this show, um, and he's the star and producer, but there's no other, like, writers or anything, um, and then there's Bix and that's it and I'm like I thought we'd get a little more than that um we can save we can save some of this for later I though actually this kind of has to do with this last episode it was hard for me because I really like this last episode I really like what they did with Marva and all this kind of stuff but then I kept thinking about the first episode where I was like didn't she steal him like and and I was like oh maybe that's a dichotomy that we have to deal with but then I read interviews with Tony Gilroy where he was like yeah I had a whole backstory planned of what happened on that planet but then we cut the show down to two seasons instead of five or whatever and we're not going to have time to cover that and I'm like so we're just going to leave it at she loved him a lot and but she stole him from his planet like uh, yeah i saw uh, i saw a really good thread um on twitter about someone who as an adopted person talked about like adoption narratives and specifically this one and how uncomfortable it made them um, and once again, this, I feel like, is something we could definitely talk about more um, in our wrap-up episode, but I-, I think that is something we should think about as, like, as people who mayhaps are not adopted, like, how how a narrative like that, a, a narrative that is so caked in violence is, like, kind of brushed under the
1: rug, like, oh, well,
0: anyways. Yeah. Uh, do we have any final thoughts about this episode of andor i liked a lot of the parts of this episode i think that's my big takeaway is that there are a lot of parts in this episode where i was like oh my god that's so slay i feel like in terms of like as an episode itself like i liked it i thought it was a good finale i feel like i don't have that much more to say i have a lot to say in our like wrap-up episode but i feel like it set things off in a good place so like i don't feel like unsatisfied which i think a lot of finales do like leave you in that sense of like oh well okay okay like and so like i'm i feel like it's been resolved enough that i'm like okay i feel like i'm okay to wait for the next season but i'm still like excited to see what comes see i'm not i'm i'm kind of in a different camp than you in that in that way because it's not that i thought that this was a bad episode or finale i just thought it was kind of mid like i i was just like okay like I once again, that like you was said, kind of. Sorry to interrupt. That was kind of what I was trying to say with a positive spin. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. Like you said, like I'm not upset with it. I'm. Not, I don't think it was a bad finale. But I was just like, oh, okay. See you in 2024. It's a weird. It's a weird feeling because we've been trained for something crazy to happen, so that we'll want to keep watching. Especially because. TV takes so long to make now that it's going to be a while until there's more TV. So, like, we're trained for, like, something crazy to happen so that we'd be excited. But then I'm also, like, oh, I forgot this is how TV usually was. Um, Like, cliffhangers weren't – they didn't always do that. Like, but then I also am, like, you – I was, like, you knew that you had multiple seasons with this show. You didn't, like – because sometimes they'll wrap up a show and it'll be kind of like, we don't know, kind of like how this was because they don't know if they're going to get another season but with this it's like you you knew you had another season also i didn't know that there was a after credit scene when i watched this with the screeners so i didn't know until today when i went and watched it and then i had a very different impression of the ending um so i was just kind of like oh okay cool oh we're leaving it on all right sign me up for the fucking rebellion and basically i did not know that it would end with this kind of poignant end cap of like hey Everything is leading to death Um, (laughs) or all all of it is connected in this sort of way. Um, I thought it was a good finale. I will be interested to see how this episode or just in general, how it ages when we, when you watch the whole show together, I feel like people are going to think of it differently, not to compare it to a much worse show that we talked about before. Um, It feels weird to compare it to this, but I feel like we had the same sort of, chat when we talked about the bad batch season one finale where we were like "Eh, this is a decent finale but i'd be like i can't really judge the first season yet because i need more which i think when i we talked about it then i said it was very similar to rebels season one where it's a very very strong season one but if you watch it on its own you're kind of like "eh." Um, but then you watch it later, you're like, damn, that's a good ass season one. Um so yeah, but I thought I mean it had to do a lot of heavy lifting. Um so I, you know, it it did what it did what it needed to do there. So I just the dial for me it's the dialogue and the the monologues. I don't know, Tony Yoroi, right. you're really good at that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fall into a similar camp with all of you where it's like it's good. I really enjoyed it. Like, but after like you know last night when I watched it, I was like on a, a little high of like wow. And then after like sitting with my thoughts today, I was just like yeah, it's it it's good. Um, I did like the little like parallel to the first episode, basically. You know, started on Ferrex or like the first arc, I guess rather. Started on Ferrex, ended on Ferrex, with like Cassian and Luthien like leaving so that was a, a fun it's um like poetry rhymes thanks for that um and you know i also was unaware of the cut scene the end credit scene at the end like i finished it i was like oh that was that was great immediately closed out disney plus and our good friend mackenzie mac to reality our doc ranch um was like that that End credit scene. I was like, "Hold on!" <laughs> Rushes back to Disney Plus. I was like, "What end credit scene?" And then you know, Cassian and Melchi having a hand in kind of helping with the the Death Star, which we I feel like a lot of us like kind of figured like maybe these are. going said be for the Death Star.
0: I said it on this mm-hmm. podcast because we were like, but- "Oh, what do you think they're building?" And I was like, "It's
1: it's joints or." support Didn't you also like say like at at or like at at like parts two maybe also? i think that was that would be so real
0: oh. mel said it but i i brought it onto the podcast in their stead i always thought uh. it was a death star just so you know i'm not like an idiot who thinks could... yeah i'm <laughs> a stupid fucking idiot moron yeah, and... i'm not like a dumb stupid, stupid. head
1: but who uh... smells like a butt <clears throat> i just
0: want it on record i predicted it i said it
1: there's a uh, okay. But anyway, this is how um director Orson Callan Krennick can still make an appearance maybe at the end of and or season two. Please. I want to see Ben Mendelssohn in another silly little cape. That's that's all I want. Okay. Fuck you know- Zero Karn. I, I wanna <laughs> see Ben Mendelsohn Orson Krennick, please. You know who I was
0: also thinking about like in season two, I would kind of wanna see in like a like a thing where it's like almost like how Mon is this season where it's like, okay, of course, it's like somewhat related to Cassian because they are aspects of each other's lives. I would love to see in the latter half of season two, um, Mads Mikkelsen and Riz Ahmed. I kept on oh. wanting to call him Bodhi Rugg. So I was like, that's not his name. If, if I got oh. to see Bodhi again, that would be my joker. <laughs> Just like seeing him get radicalized. Oh, oh, you can't put that thought into my head, please. So that was just my kind of thought, Tony. If you use that, I'm sending this podcast to this episode of this podcast to to the court. Yeah, God, please don't me. send him please don't send them another episode. We have like some pretty nasty things we talk about. Like don't send him the episode that has glory hole in the title. Please. Okay. I I would I <laughs> or like anyone know. where we talk about loading great storms balls. <laughs> We did talk about Glory Holes in this episode, too. Oh, <laughs> no! That can't become our thing, guys. Yeah, Glory Holes cannot be our our new little jokey joke. We didn't talk about how marching bands are canon in Star Wars oh, now. Shit. We can talk about that. Okay. no, no, no. I do need to say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. One more thing. This was going to be my, my other gender this week was going to be geometric French horn because the marching band instruments they had were so funny. For those of you who don't know, I work in a music shop. I do, like, band orchestra instruments. For a living. Seeing them be like, this is like an interesting like Star Wars instrument. It's a fucking flute. Yeah. With I a mean, thing they just, attached to it. I they was just, like, glue flutes together. I like, was like, that dude straight up just has a euphonium. I was like crying. I was like, this shit is so funny. Cause it's like there's one that's literally like a French horn, but it has like a conical bell instead of the regular brass bell. Like I was like, it was so funny. They are assuming that the nerds who watch Star Wars are not marching band nerds, and they're incredibly wrong. Mm -hmm, Incredibly mm -hmm. wrong. It almost like, I will say, I was sad there was no one with, like, a space trombone. I would have liked to see that. And if they were in the background, if someone could DM me a picture, I would appreciate it. Welcome to Name That Ship. This is um, a little segment on this podcast wherein one of the hosts has either scoured the internet the dark reaches of Ao3, um, specifically the Star Wars tag, um, to find some type of fan fiction that rouses some type of feeling, let it be positive or perhaps negative, and brings it to the other hosts um, to kind of make them in a saw trap like fashion guess what this fan fiction is about, who is the main ship of this fan fiction, etc. Um, this is not done in a hateful way. It's also Sometimes fix can be submitted by listeners. Sorry, I had to interrupt myself mid sentence to say that. Um, this is not done in in a way that's like hateful to the authors. Um, the fan, the craft of fan fiction is buck fucking wild. I respect the fuck out of people who write fan fiction, and specifically the people who write the fan fictions that we bring to this podcast. It takes a lot of creativity and imagination. Um, and also, I'm just like, I'm so obsessed with your mind. Like, you're so, so powerful. For example, the fanfiction I'm bringing today. Are you all ready? Not gonna lie, Jess, this is, this might be a little, this one might be a little confusing for you, but I know you can at least get half of it. Is that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> this fanfiction is called Nothing to Lose and Everything to Gain. Um, This is a crossover fanfiction. It's quite simple. It's just character A and character B. Uh, the tags are... Force-sensitive character B, canonical character death, badass motherfucker character B, pre, a film in the Star Wars franchise, canon-compliant for now. Rare pairings, character A must be protected. Character B gives zero fucks. Some plot misuse of the force. So they're both Star Wars characters, or are they from this other one thing? of the one of them is a Star Wars character. One of them is from this other thing. So the two things you, the three things I guess you have to guess for me to be satisfied in my little my little jest is the ship and also what this is a crossover of. So is also it... you've also noted that this might be difficult for chess for chess <laughs> just just <Jess> be like <laughs> <Jess>? <laughs> sorry um this may be difficult for Jess. Yes. So is this hmm interesting. I'm just letting that inform my decisions. Yeah. Hmm. My first thought was oh it's supernatural related, but I'm assuming that is not the case. Is, is it? it? You, I mean, assumption makes an ass out of you and me. Is it it supernatural? That is part of the game. It is. It is supernatural. (gasps) (laughs) One. Okay, supernatural. Dean Winchester. No. Sam Winchester. No. Castiel. No. Bobby. No. John. No. Mary. No. Wait, wait, wait. Is Is this a man? I never said that. No. I said. I said. Is it natural? It is a woman from Supernatural. So Rowena. No, is it Charlie? No, what the fuck? <laughs> there are oh. no other. What's her? What's Joe? Is it Joe? No. Eileen? No. Eileen? No. Holy shit! We've guessed Ellen Vale. No. We guessed the entire female cast. No, you so have no back. No. Is it an angel? I don't no. know. <laughs> no. Um, is this um? Is this so? This is a woman. Um, here. How about you guess the other the Star Wars? Yeah, Star Wars? That, that might that might easier. help inform. Are they a Jedi? No. Are they force sensitive? No. A clone? No. Is it a man or a woman? A man. It's a man. Bounty hunter? No. Senator? No. Prequels era? Not really. So okay. So alive in the prequels era, but introduced in something else. Yes. Rebels? No. Rogue One? Yes, Rogue One. So this is pre-Rogue One. Bodhi Rook? Yes, it is Bodhi Rook. <gasps> Who the fuck are they shipping from Supernatural with Bodie? Okay. um, <laughs> Is this a character you know, Mel? Um, Because I listen to the Mystery Podcast. Yes, yes, it is a character okay, right so now. Okay, so this has to be from season one or two. Is this from the Winchesters? That's a secret. I will never tell. No.
1: No. Oh,
0: uh, um, I was like, Lata? I know. I want to be like, holy shit, the girls are fast. Um, so um, this is a character from Supernatural. A female Supernatural character. Cassie? No. Dean's first girlfriend. <laughs> okay. No. Is this a character that you know to be from the first two seasons of Supernatural? Uh, to be, TBQH? Be <gasps> I don't know. I know. Is it Meg? It is Meg from <laughs> Supernatural. Oh, do we know which Meg? Is it, it
1: season just says, one, season it one just or says, two
0: Meg? Or is it. It just says Bodie Rook slash Meg Masters. I have to know everything about wait, wait, that. Meg, also, Meg Masters Demon. Does that help anything? No. She is a demon. She's always been a demon. <gasps> okay, well, oh. would you like to hear the summary of this fanfiction? I have to know. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have the the first, the first line shit. of this fanfiction. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Holy shit. Wait, okay. Summary. Bodie Rook has a run-in with a woman who seems like everything he is not. That is to say, fearless. She, Meg, disagrees. <laughs> Wait, do you want to hear the first sentence of this fanfiction? Yes. Meg Masters ran her fingers across the spine of her friend. <laughs> wait <laughs> she has a leveler-esque creature with her no hey high republic the authors. Marta Roe- the case no. Is no. no 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 because <laughs> i'm just saying hey high republic authors i'm coming to you with a lawsuit because this was written in 2017 what is the truth no Marta row Marta based on a fan fiction of meg masters not clickbait Holy shit! I need to know. It's so important to me to know which season Meg this is. It's so fucking wait, important. Wait, wait, is that force like creature Sam? No. <laughs> the that's Ruby, not Meg. Wait, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Wait, can you send this to? Can you send this to me or Ollie so that we can yeah, decipher this? Anyways, this is... I, sorry, sorry, also... Jess. I thought this was gonna be funny for you. <laughs>
1: I have well, no idea what's happening. I'm just like here okay, like the scared Jess, little monkey puppet,
0: Jess, I will explain to you. so in the first two seasons of Supernatural, the first like major demon who is a recurring character is this woman named Meg. And she's kind of a silly little guy. Um but she's she's kind of all over the place. Um, and there's not a lot of female characters. So like when she shows up, there's a lot going on with her. There's two actors, at least three maybe who play this- her. This is season one, Meg. She does have short blonde hair in this fan fiction. This actor also, also just she, died. I was just going to say, yeah, shout out to Nikki Acock. She did just pass away like this week. All right, PMPs. So, yeah. This is a barba-sized brick to the head. <laughs> um, God, mine is not as funny as that, but it is It is just, it's- just, it's, it's probably going to be funny to other people. It's silly willy, okay? It, it doesn't have a lot to do with Andor, but I think it's silly willy. So the fic I'm bringing today, um, it was it was submitted to us for me, um, by an anonymous person. They did not tell us. The fic is called Cabinets and Refrigerators and Other Things That Aren't Human. It's rated teen and up, and it involves character. Well, it's just one ship, and the relationships are okay. It's one ship, and then a third character. If I give you the third character, it will give it away. So. Um, so we have character A and character B. Character B is the character I can't give you. Character B and Character C, and then the main ship, which is character A slash character C. Um, the characters are character A, Character C, Character B, the armor, and grief Karga. Okay, so is one right. of them Dinjarin? Uh yes. Okay. Character A is Dinjarin. Um, I also say additional tags. Alternate universe modern setting. Alternate universe FBI, IKEA, slice of life, good parent Dinjarin, character C needs a hug. Is one Grogu? Yes, Grogu is character B. He's so, the third so, character. So now explain the IKEA tag to me. Um, Din's never been to an IKEA in his life. But <laughs> the feds get to, involved. But his apartment needs to be baby-proofed or whatever. So here he is. Um. Character C has never been to an Ikea either, for most of the same reasons. But Din suspects that they're tagging along for the sheer entertainment factor, and that's why they're here. The alien baby strapped in the child seat. Now, Grogu still being human is really, is still not being human, but it's still very funny to me. The alien baby strapped in the child seat is mostly just here because Din doesn't trust them not to blow up his apartment with their weird alien powers. It'll be fine. Oh, they, them, Grogu. Okay, pop is this a man or a woman that Dinjarin is, is going to IKEA with? Okay, He's a woman. is this someone that's like you? I don't know. I know Star name Wars. Shit, but... Yeah, the Star Wars character is not someone who is traditionally shipped with Dinjarin, and is not from The Mandalorian. Okay, uh, is, are, are they, they from...
1: in live action?
0: Yes, Riva. Yes! or is it someone? Are you for real? I just said the- I. Mm. <laughs> We can't hear what Claudia's is saying. Claudia, just oh my fucking god! I just said that because I thought who would be the funniest person to ship with Djarin. Wait, Holy wait, fucking wait, shit! Wait, like, so is it romantic? It is. <laughs> Claudia, not, we can't hear you're, you. Yeah,
1: you sound like you're getting. You sound like that's you're
0: like
1: so. Oh. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if I support that. It is Tintin. So we must go to IKEA. I, I do need to look into I
0: mean, they would Where's be the like FBI the same- comes in here. I think she's a part of the FBI. They would be like the same age too. Reva. Yeah. Why are you part of the feds? Okay, here's the thing. The f- I'm just like, I'm I, shocked. I, did, I feel like I received that in a vision. That was scary. I did control FBI, and it doesn't come up anywhere else other than in the tags. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're just like us. They're normal people. That's why they're so scary. Oh, okay. I think I think she she is a FBI agent because there's like a whole like side thing that's like kind of a flashback. The first time the kid powered up had been right outside of Santa Fe. I think it's it's giving like so he's like it's giving the X-Files a little bit. That's what I is- was thinking. I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh. Holy okay, American shit. Southwest, let's go. I do go. believe that it's giving Area 51 Grogu. I think he, like, found him, crashed from a <laughs> UFO, and oh. then he told his friend <laughs> Reba <laughs> about it. <gasps> Paul <A. U>. AU. <laughs> um. Holy shit. And Dint's like, I don't know what children need, let alone. Uh, and, and, like, Tara and Reva and Cargo. they're, like, all just his, like, buds. Okay, that's like, where is the fbi playing that's um... fucking insane how the fuck did i i'm like i'm shocked at the fact that that was like also the kindergarten is called the me. children of the watch i think like there's there's a lot we we've had a couple one shots on this podcast but that was
1: a crazy one. i was like they're never gonna get this one no Thank you so much for joining us this week for Roop Helps Podrace. For updates, Star Wars news, our reactions to High Republic Phase 2, and more curse shit, follow us on social media at Roop Helps Podrace on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and because Twitter, you know, might be dying, our new Tumblr. Um, Want to ask us a question? Send us a question to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr ask box, or email us at Roop Helps Podrace at gmail.com. And if you Really love the show. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. And tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps the show. And as we said before, we'll be taking a look at all of Andor Season 1 next week, and then probably talking about Tales of the Jedi, and the High Republic Phase 2, and lots of other fun things in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that, and may the Force be with you, and don't! Criff it up. Waka waka. waka waka. Waka Waka. The only thing we have to lose is our chains. So oh. true. Work and of the Noah, world because he's not <laughs> <and> here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Workers the- of the world, the only thing you have left to lose is your chains and Noah. <laughs> <laughs>